Hey, what gets you 20% off and free shipping? Magic tricks. No, just the promo code dangle at manscaped.com. That's, that's it? That's, that's what it. You have to do? It's, it's like a constant sale all the time. We just want you to try it. It's amazing. <laughs> Head-to-toe grooming with Manscaped, including underwear and ball deodorizers, because we couldn't do a Manscaped ad without saying what? Balls. That's right. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah. Sometimes start. I feel like I talk too much during these ads, and I just want to hear you jovially talk about balls. Let's start the show. Balls! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. All right, so I started, I started Monday show asking, how we do in Leafs Nation? So I want to start Wednesday's show, how we do in Leafs Nation. And I want to start with um, the the heart rate of 133, uh, Steve Dangle. How are you feeling? It's not how I'm feeling, Adam. Is it what you're seeing? It's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? My vision! Coming to life. <laughs> Five nothing? That wasn't in the vision. But maybe it was. Maybe it was, and I just wasn't seeing hard enough. My own vision. Five nothing. Are we all joking? Are we all serious? Adam, do you like Steve's bit for this playoffs that he that he foresaw no str- dangle? <laughs> yeah. I do like it. You like? I, it? I, I'm enjoying. Are you not? You're not on. You're not on board. It works. I think it's it works. Here's, here's what it is. I think he needs to get a little more Billy Graham about it. Yeah, like a little bit more uh, cheesy preacher from television. Take it to the nth degree. Yeah. Jesse, see these donuts? Yeah. The reason you see them is because they're right in front of you. Yeah. So is my vision. The reason I see them is because I was right. (laughs) The reason you see these but you won't see my vision is you won't allow yourself. I see your vision. It's just we'll see how it plays out. I don't like. It's hard to evaluate a game one when one team doesn't show up. Hey, listen. That was so weird. So, so here's what I want to say. I want to say something about that. Start that right away. The Leafs play objectively their best game of the year, and I and I gotta give huge credit, huge marks to John Cooper because all he did was he Mm -hmm. came out and he said, and here's and this is the narrative that everybody's run with afterwards. John Cooper said, "Well, it's really hard to get an evaluation on either team based on how we played," Mm -hmm. and what he is doing is a deflecting. Mm-hmm. B, giving his team some time. He's playing for time. Because, like, listen, he can't say that if that happens again in game two tonight. Right? No. No. But what he is able to do is go, listen, 
Uh, we're a better team. I believe in my guys without having to say it. Mm -hmm. And also kind of distract from the fact that Tampa just looked completely outmatched. Yeah. Are, are they are they going to play that badly the rest of the series? No. But I think it takes away from the fact that the Leafs played that well and put them off their game, especially since really the game really picked up when Kyle Clifford was sent off. You you have two fan bases talking about uh, completely different things. Uh, like I had conversations with Leaf fans up around our age asking whether or not this is the best Leaf playoff game of our lifetime. <laughs> and it might be. It might honest to goodness be. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning, this is literally, uh, quantifiably, their worst playoff game since 1996 when they lost 6-1 in game six of round one to the Philadelphia Flyers. And I, I remembered something. I wish I had remembered it for the LFR, but I remembered it after the fact. There was a game where the Leafs were losing. I don't remember which game this was. Where Sheldon Keefe challenged a goal. It was either for goalie interference or offside. Knowing he didn't have a great shot at getting it right. And he got it wrong. And the way he saw it was, well, if I'm right, the goal will get called back. Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong, we'll go on the penalty kill and it'll wake the team up. Right. Which, what a strange thing to think. Oh, you know what this team needs? Oh, boy, the boys are reeling. Do they need a timeout? No. Should I play the big boys more? No. What I need to do is put them on the penalty kill. Pardon? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I sat there when Kyle Clifford, I, I found out during the commercial break on stream, that he got a f that he got five in a game. I didn't know immediately it was five in a game. Mm -hmm. And I said, "All right, well, here's the game. Here it is, right here. The Leafs are either about to lose it, mm -hmm. and the rest of the night is just because you have to play it, or like Sheldon Keefe said earlier this season, this could carry them for the rest of the night. A hockey game in the NHL is sixty minutes long." So long. Uh, Monday long. night, 33 of the minutes of the 60 minutes played between Tampa and Toronto was at five on five. The rest of it was on special teams. And the Leafs are so good at the penalty kill and on the power play that when they're playing almost half of the entire game on special teams, it's tilted to their favor. And I think we saw that. It's, <laughs> I, and, and I would I was wrong immediately. Immediately. What, what was my number one concern heading into the series? I don't think their penalty kill matches up well against Tampa's power play. No, but their penalty kill <laughs> is amazing, and it's been that way all season. Well, and it, it said kind of what we were talking about on Monday's show, which is the least penalty kill is at its best when it spreads you out. If it's condensed, that's when you get into trouble. Yeah. And they kept Tampa spread out. There was a lot of breakaways, a lot of odd man rushes. The speed, the speed, the speed. The Leafs skated them into the ground. There were a few teams who, uh, in their first game of their playoff series, really failed to make an adjustment at special teams. Tampa failed in game one to make any adjustment um, to the Leafs' penalty kill at mm -hmm. all. And, uh, you know, the Minnesota Wild failed to adjust to the St. Louis Blues. And I know this because of... Walsh client, David Perron, <laughs> getting a hat trick on 
on uh, Alan Walsh client. Alan Walsh client, Mark Andre Fleury. So I don't know how he felt about it. Are you allowed to tweet it, Alan? <laughs> Alan had a very good couple days because yesterday the dra- the biggest drama of the night, Louis Deming. Oh, octagon yeah. client, baby! Oh, yeah. Octagon got into the game three period, uh, six periods in, and I can only assume. Alan Walsh was on the phone trying to get Morgan Riley suspended for 10 games <laughs> because he punched Alan Walsh client Yan Ruda <laughs> in the forehead. I'm, yeah. it's, I'm starting to learn like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just fun now. It's just fun. I like the bit. I, uh, if one gets called up, I'm like, oh, here we go. I think this is really interesting because sports interaction, like, you know, we were talking with David on Monday. But like what's we're the talk- prop on next Alan Walsh client? And I, there isn't one, but I think what's important <laughs> is that Why the, the Leafs are now favored to win. The game. The game. Yeah. Tonight. They're favored to win. And uh, the, the puck line thing, which is basically like an extra bet. There's the money line, which has Tampa or at Toronto at point. Sorry, it's a one seven three. So you just basically multiply your number. Jesse explained this to me before, but the puck line is if you think they're going to win by two. And it's and the Toronto's oh. the favorite team. See, and that was I love not you guys trying that was not what this. it was forty eight hours ago. No, I love you guys trying to teach me this because I'm just like, okay, here's five bucks. How much do I win? Well, and you <laughs> have how much do I win? I'm right. Literally everybody from outside Toronto saying, if you think you got a chance in this series, you don't have a chance. Now that might still be true. This could be over in five, but I don't think so. <sighs> I just well, okay. I saw a very interesting stat that is it's going to be the stat of the night mm-hmm. uh, heading into it. Andre Vasilevsky mm-hmm. over the last two years mm-hmm. following a loss is 14 and up. He's undefeated after losing a game. It's With fascinating. a 9-6-6 save percentage and I believe five shutouts. Yeah, on this cup run, they, they have been unbelievable coming back from uh, on a the- loss. You mean like not this year? Because this is not a cup run on year the, for them on anymore. On these two hey. years worth of cup yeah. runs for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Adam, before we go too far from what you said, what happens to those people who are the anti-Leafs people if the Leafs pull off this series? Because you're like, oh, everybody said. What, what happens to those people if the Leafs actually win? So whoever they're playing in the next round, then they say, okay, now you don't have a chance. You do what I did to Montreal. And yeah. most people did to Montreal last year and go, they don't have a chance. No, they couldn't have a chance. No way they don't have it. Fuck off. They're in the finals? That's what happens. Dude, it was the craziest thing. It was. And and, it was and but, but to be honest with you, it's not like the Leafs run would be a Cinderella story. This is no. a dominant team. They have home ice advantage. I I, I think like <laughs> yeah, Montreal was like it's Montreal finished what? 18th and then 23rd the year before? Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. But it's a little different. There's no it's what's what's different is I mean What's different is people's the perception of the franchise, but like Adam just said, they're the favorite to win the game, so it's not surprising if they win. But everybody after they win, they're like, "Oh, fucking Leafs are not going to do it." But isn't but, it funny how the odds have switched? Because going love in, love Tampa Bay. Story. Yes, going in, absolutely, Tampa Bay. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions. I don't care who has home ice advantage, but Tampa winning it without their captain in the bubble. St. Louis winning it after being in last place in January. The Capitals winning it despite never getting over the hump mm-hmm. at all. The basically the Caps won the year after they should have. They thought they were going to win. That's the year after they should have. St. Louis too, in a way, and Tampa definitely. Right? Absolutely, they were the Presidents Trophy winners and then got swept in the first round. What? What? 
That's not how this is supposed to work. Um, uh, listen, if if I had a reverence for Tampa heading into the series, I still do. Um, because and that's I know, earned. And it's earned, and, I, and it's because I know the Leafs are going to get a true education of what it's like to take on a championship-caliber team. They're going to learn tonight. Okay, so how do you think tonight go? Because we, because I, I posed the question to you guys on the last show. What's it look like if they win the series? What's it look like if they don't? Right. So tonight, what do you expect to see from Tampa? I expect the series to come down to one or two games where the team dictating the play loses. Right. Mm. Game one, the Leafs dictated the play and won. And won. They have to dictate the play tonight. Do you have to dictate? The home team has to dictate, right? If Tampa brings it to the Leafs, which they will, and the Leafs wilt at all, they're in trouble. It's going to be a big problem for them. Do you get the sense that they will? That the Leafs will wilt? I don't know if it's that they'll wilt. I think it might be that Tampa just finds a way to jump over the wall. I mean, uh, like, so many guys had pedestrian games. Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Meh. Bad penalty, too. Bad, but dumb. Dumb penalty. What did I tell you? Yeah. What did I tell you? You you can get him off his game, which now he's had 48 hours to get over it, and eh, I don't think that's going to happen two consecutive games. Braden Point, I thought, actually did get opportunities on the power play. Yeah, pedestrian. Pedestrian. The whole t- power play for them was pedestrian, and it looked like a Leafs power play versus Columbus where we couldn't get past the blue line. Remember that that series where they, it's like, oh, we go on special teams. We can't even get it in the offensive zone. And, and what did it take? Sort of like Jason Spezza with the Leafs in the, in the Blue Jacket series. It took Corey Perry to drag them into the fray late in the game. Right? Because I, I even said on the stream, and perhaps I jinxed it, I'm like, for a team that's down 4 nothing or 5 nothing, wh- uh, why aren't they fighting back? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is a tale as old as time. Like, you're getting your ass kicked. It's the beginning of the series. Fight! Fight! Lay some hits. Fight. And they didn't do it until there were like 10 minutes left. And Wayne threw a clean hit. And Wayne threw a perfectly clean hit, and they did get, they got dirty towards the end, man. It was, uh... It was the hit on Engvall in like the last few seconds? Yeah, Hagel and Nick Paul both went high on Engvall, which you have to make a considerable effort to do so. He's 6'5". Right. Um, Maroon grabbing Riley. Like, that's not your dance partner, Pat. You know it's not. You know it's not. Um, uh, Labushkin. So I have, I've seen the footage of this. I'm surprised I haven't seen it going around. Labushkin punched a ref in the face like three or four times. On accident. <laughs> On accident. <laughs> yeah. Because Corey Perry had his jersey over his yeah, head. I couldn't see. And Wayne Simmons, uh, a lot of people were like, what the hell did he get fined for? Well, so it was basically two on one because Simmons was trying to get involved. But like, Sorry, ref. Like, he's the one. He's trying to prevent you from getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so weird to have two refs on that fray of three people. And then, meanwhile, Riley has gotten uh, up after getting pummeled by Maroon. He's beating the shit out of Yan Ruda with really only one punch. And there's a ref in the corner just standing there like, all right, boys, break it up. <laughs> Did you see on like, your feed uh, of Riley in the box when his hand was all bloody? Yeah, I mean, at it. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't want Morgan Riley taking chances like that. No. I agree with you there. 
Yeah. Now, it's difficult to know if he did that on a human skull. Or, or on, punching a helmet. No, so he didn't have his helmet. What? Uh, no, 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 did he, he, he punch a helmet? helmet. Like, because oh. that happens all the time. Guys in the fight and the yes. other guy doesn't take off his helmet and you hit it. What I think might hand. have happened, though, is because he, he basically glanced Ruta's forehead, which is why Ruta was cut open so bad. So he might have, on the follow through, punched the ice, which oh, gosh, is... That's even worse. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I don't know if he broke anything, but oh, I can tell God. it doesn't tickle. Whenever I see those guys <laughs> with those just mulched up knuckles, I'm like, God, you got to wear a hockey glove on those. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody saw any of that because it all happened during commercial break, which was the most hilarious thing. Well, the, oh, the Ameri- I'm stunned. The American feed did not cut to commercials. Right. The Canadian feed did. I found out like two seconds before we came back, or not two seconds. Well, was, and there was not a lot of time. And then they're they like, barely showed it. Well, they're like, they there, there was a line ball, the line brawl during break, and I go, uh, what? And then when they come back from break, they showed the lead up to it. So remember, I can't hear. The friggin' um, commentary, what the commentary is saying. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, "No, oh, that's just what happened before we went to break." Oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> see all of it. Like we we missed quite a bit, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yeah, we did. Now terrible timing. Um, I think so. I think I think John Cooper to to you know my point starting off was I think he did the right thing as a coach I when you're playing mind games. But a lot of people have kind of taken that run with. Well, the Leafs can't be that good. It's the Tampa was that bad. And I think that that, I think obviously for John Cooper, brilliantly played. That's how you got to do it. Uh, He's been here before. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But I think if you look at it, honestly, even if you're a Tampa fan, you got to know that 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 was, uh, they, Tampa and the Leafs were kind of, it was like sort of the beginning of an arm wrestle at the beginning, right? There was, it was sort of nothing happening, going back and forth, going back and forth. And here's a golden opportunity for Tampa to score on a five minute power play and they can't get anything going. That's what switches the game. Now, Kyle, Kyle Clifford suspended a game. I know that I believe Corey Perry, um, Wayne Simmons, and somebody else were fined twenty five hundred bucks. Oh, that'll that'll teach him. Yeah, I mean, but I think uh, I think Kyle Clifford did the Leafs a favor so that they have to dress Betsa tonight, which is great. No, not it's, necessarily. It's uh, Kasha Blackwell Simmons. So as, who as who else is in the four? Bunting? Bunting's, Bunting's, Bunting's back. back. Yeah. So it looks like, it looks like Ooh, yeah. that's the that's, okay. uh, that's the Jonas Siegel who had Bunting is back. There you go. Wow. Well, and it's amazing the Leafs weren't down another forward in game one because it came out today William Nylander had food poisoning the day (laughs) of game one. And played great. He was puking all day. He had a breakaway in the first period. Yeah. Unreal. So let's talk about, too, about some of the goals that did go in. Obviously, Matthews and Marner in that one game. Oh, we're talking about goals that went in? Eclipsed, yeah. Okay, Lilligrens. Eclipsed, for starters. Uh, yeah, it did. No, uh, it Matthews, didn't. Matthews and <laughs> no, Marner. No, I just, I just wanted to say it. It okay. didn't. It didn't. Go Matthews on. and Marner eclipsed their total goal output, both of them, for the entire series versus Montreal last year. Unbelievable. In one game, Matthews had two, Marner with one. Uh, that was great. But I think, I think the one that deserves the most shout-out, uh, obviously, is Jake Muzzin's shot was awesome. <laughs> Yep. And he played a great game. Great screen in front from McKayev. Yep. But the, but David Kampf, David Kampf is, Man. that goal was, like it's, David Kampf scored one goal with Chicago the year before. One. Mike Stevens, I uh, was talking to him yesterday, and he was at the game in the press box. He said, and the press box is up on the sixth deck. He said he felt the, the actual press box underneath his feet shaking. It's loud in there. <laughs> that, Chris Chris Johnson said, I've been to hundreds of Leaf games. And he said, I've never seen it this loud. Ever. No, because, well, I, I always I always say it's a it's a building that thrives on pops. 
everything was a pop. Everything was a pop. And you always talk about this Leafs fan base, uh, you know, no matter how skilled the team is, what what do they love the most? What type of Leafs? They, do love, they, a they love a the lunch pail team. Yeah. Let's get to he he does he might not score a lot of goals, but he's handsome and he fights good. Like you know, so, it's a little like that. So that's ingrained into their soul. Yes. And also they see so many Matthews goals, it's like we take it for granted. Yes. So it's almost it in a in a bizarre way that doesn't make any sense, except it makes perfect sense. A fi- killing off a five minute major is like the perfect way to start the series for the fans. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And then a Jake Muzzin goal. And a like, Jake Muzzin that's what, goal. That's what kicks off the playoffs for the Leafs. A Jake Muzzin slap shot. That's ridiculous. And that's you know awesome. who loved that? Edge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noted Leaf fan Edge. Well, and Muzzin, who the Leafs were so shit in games five, six, and well, and seven. Seven, he wasn't there, mm-hmm. and they only scored one goal. Five and six, he scored like more than half the goals. Uh, didn't he? Then they scored, what was it, four or five, and he scored three of them? And mm-hmm. one was on the power play, I well, think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so crazy. him getting the first one and looking great mm-hmm. and healthy, more importantly. Um, Man, like, I don't know. Do you have any notes? I don't have any notes. No. Which, think, and how often do you leave a Leaf game like that? We were talking about looking towards tonight, and I'm thinking 14 and one. Like that's what I'm. That's I'm fourteen I'm, and zero. Oh, oh, I'm oh, thinking fourteen oh. and one by the end of uh, when ah, we wake up tomorrow. You know, God, I'm riding the so. momentum of the Leafs, and uh, I think it, it's probably two zero heading to Tampa, and Tampa comes back in Game Three. That's how I'm kind of forecasting the series. If we're talking about visions, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's but just you know it's not going to be. It's going to be so tough, but I don't see how the Leafs don't feel the energy of the crowd. Uh, compound everything they did well in game one. Like, they did really nothing wrong. And the idea is Tampa didn't play well, so they got away with everything. But if that's not the case, we're just going to see a a continuation of game one. So Mm -hmm. after the game, Sheldon Keefe rants, the fans, the fans, the fans. Mm -hmm. The story is the fans, the fans, the fans. If you're Tampa, you have one mission, and that's to murder the Leafs in the first five. Take, Take the fans out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So watch for that. I think the Leafs know that, though. The, the, the thing I is, hope so. The They've th- had some shitty starts this year. They man. have, but I think the thing for me with the Leafs is that I just feel like it's... I feel like they know. Like, how many times... They were dialed. They've learned this... Le- they were dialed. They were focused. It was... And it was, you know, it was sort of a... a, a, a like I said, like an arm wrestle at the beginning, and then the Leafs just kind of got the edge and then never let up. It's, you know, sometimes... I can relate to this as a poor student. Sometimes it takes a while for it to click, but when it does, you'll never forget it. And maybe Montreal is what took for it to get it to click. Or maybe just knowing you could against Tampa. Because now that, here's the thing. Now that you know that you can do this to Tampa, and by the way, Leafs aren't the only team that started a game one like that. Columbus also, also beat Tampa in four. I'm not saying the Leafs are going to do that. It'd be lovely if they did. Sure would be great. But... Uh, so I'm not against it. If their Leafs are listening, I hope you guys know that you can go ahead and do that. Go sweep I'd, them. That's great. I'd be okay. Uh, I'd be cool you with it. You didn't ask my opinion, but I'd be Jesse, okay. would you be okay with it? That'd be fine. You'd be, you'd be good we with it? We get a lot less content. That's true. If we got seven games of this, it's a lot more, it's Incorrect. A lot more content. We'd get more. Yeah. Because yeah. we'd get the second round. No. Ah, At minimum, know. we would have eight games. Which <laughs> <still> <laughs> <America>. <laughs> you want seven games and they advance. Then you get the maximum mm. amount of content. That's let's greedy. save the seven games <laughs> for later. <laughs> I don't, I don't, let's, so, so, long story short, the, 
it will be very interesting to see what how the first five minutes go tonight. I think they're that is so key to everything. Um, I think Campbell we see a up. really slow game. Really? Yeah. Is that your prediction? Yeah, I think it's a. Was I right or what? About what? The Leafs don't run and gun. They're methodical. Yeah. They like to control the game. If it's a slow game, they win. Speaking mm-hmm. of methodical, I, did you see Mark Mathod's tweets? No. He said the fix is in. He couldn't watch the game anymore. Why is what is why is Mark Mathod so worked up about this? Because he <laughs> is obsessed with the Leafs. Okay. He can never not. He has a podcast about the Senators. And he just tweets about the Leafs, man. I don't know how. Oh, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I never tweet about the Senators unless the Leafs are playing the Senators. And I think that's true for most Leafs fans. That's not true <laughs> for Mark Mathot and his band of merry men. I don't know why. He just needs to talk about us. Mark Mathot is the old man in a in a bait and tackle shop, just going. You know, you could get all this from the earth for free, right? What 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 are all you go young dig up kids your own worms? Paying for it, dig up your own worms. <laughs> and he does. Like Mark Mathot makes me wonder why anyone pays for bait. <laughs> Interesting. So I think it's a slow game where the Leafs control the play. Um, I I've become the dump on the refs guy, so I want to say this: high five to every referee on the ice last night. They called penalties that were penalties, and there were a ton of penalties. So you mean Monday? Monday? Sorry, Monday with yes, the Leafs. I yeah. think it was yesterday. Um, every penalty that was actually an infraction, they called it. And mm. the reason that the game was going at, both ways. Was, yep. The reason the game was thirty-three minutes only at five on five is because they kept calling penalties, and I think they're going to keep that up. So nah. keep doing it, refs. You got to keep this up. You set a precedence for the series, and I hope it continues. And if that happens, I think the Leafs win game two. The first thing I thought of when I allowed myself to think that happy thought, Jesse. It's a happy thought. Game one against Boston. That's how it was called in 2019. Mm -hmm. Game two was anarchy. Absolute anarchy. I really hope we don't see that. I hope they keep this up. I want to see a bunch of penalties if there are infractions. I'm going to move through some of the series because there have been some great stories in every game. And and the next one I want to talk about is is the Carolina-Boston series. Now, I know, like, even if I'm, I'm looking at sports interaction right now, I, Carolina is favored on the puck line over two goals. If they win by over two goals tonight, it's a 3.15, right? So multiply your money by 3.15. I had the, Boston winning. The, Oops. <laughs> I think everybody outside of Carolina, rightfully so, had some question marks. Mm-hmm. And and it, it, it comes down to not just the fact that the Canes are, I think, what are they, a perennial second round and out team? Yeah. And and then beyond that, you lose Freddie Anderson, mm-hmm. who is I don't know, guys. If I know that that's Shish- a legitimate concern, and I know like Shosturkin, yes, and I know Shosturkin will win the Vesna, but you'd give him some second and third place votes, wouldn't you? Absolutely, he's third place. I yeah, think you have Sorokin too, and then Freddie three. Sor- yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think Sorokin for sure. He's in there. Um, and I think <laughs> anti Ranta putting up a shutout, and the Canes controlling the play- the pace of game. The thing that Boston is known for, Carolina did to them in the first game. It was a shutout, like a perfect game preserved by a great catch in the outfield. Because there was a player on the Hurricanes who made a spectacular save. Ian Cole. <laughs> that dude made a glove save. What a madman. With the inside, it was in hat picks. Sportsnet YouTube channel, check that out. I, 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 it was a fantastic night one of the playoffs. And sometimes I get... You know, frazzled. I mean, you you saw me by the end of Monday. I'm I'm like, oh. holy shit, two months of this. You yeah, know, you I'm sorry. Game uh, round one is the best. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Jesse showing it. Ah! Whoa, man. That's what I'm saying. On uh, and he Charlie Coyle. And what was smart is that he didn't wrap his hand around it because <laughs> that's a penalty shot. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great, save. Save. yeah. great save. Great save. I I also you know. 
I think that series is a lot more even than people are giving it credit for. 100%. I do. It's you still like Carolina has a little bit of the Toronto, although much less so. Boston which is, loves hard. drawing teams with a little bit of the Toronto. Yeah, they got a they got a, a sprinkle of the Toronto in that they've underperformed the expectations that you think that this team is capable of in the playoffs for whatever one reason or another. But they know. I think they know, and I think CJ's been talking about this all year. Is this the last? Is this the last real run for Boston? You know, you, we say it. We've been saying it a little bit more and more and more. It is, but like if Carolina does put them out quickly, you have to think that there would be some changes coming. Not that Bergeron would be in Montreal. Like somebody suggests that Bergeron and Crosby will go to Montreal. Oh yeah, I didn't see that because I'm blocked. <laughs> Good, <laughs> but I found good because after I don't think you need to see that person's tweets. But I just thought it was like, okay, that's ridiculous. And and the idea that Crosby leave Pittsburgh, lol. But Bergeron, I just don't. See I, he's not leaving Boston. No. And Boston's not letting him go. But I do wonder about how much longer the Bruins could continue to play at this level without some sort of retool. That, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, it's... Oh, man. And what, we know what that Boston can. change about the team? Like, they're pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's a tough one. Like, you got to really get your, your hockey trade hat on for that. You know, maybe... And they have kind of rehabbed their, uh, their relationship with Jake DeBrusque, too, who, who was playing better. I think he's injured. Absolutely. But uh, that was looking like it was on the way out. L.A. and Edmonton. Now, Ugh. I got to tell you, guys, Phil Deneau. And Kopitar. But Phil Dude, Deneau. That, that one-two punch, I really underestimated. It was a great game. Yeah. It was a, a great game. Fantastic game. Holy shit, can we get seven games of that? It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, both teams, all they want to do is score off the rush. And uh, L.A.'s defense is not letting it happen for Edmonton at all, especially when the Deneau line is on. I think I saw, uh, I forget who does the advanced desk. It might be um, Evolving Hockey. But they had, uh, when the Deneau line was on, I think it was zero rush chances uh, total for the game, <laughs> which is insane. But both of those teams, it's such running gun hockey. Here it is. Harmon, uh, Harmon got- Dale uh, from Canucks. Oh, yeah. He's a Canucks uh, uh, reporter for the NHL. Okay. Oh, sorry, the Athletic NHL. I don't know when. Uh, Phil Deneau played a combined 826 at 5-on-5 five five against Dreisaitl or McDavid. Wow. Edmonton managed just one shot on goal in that sample. Deneau flexing his elite defense chops again. And I keep saying this. That was part of my bracket. Don't underestimate Phil Deneau. And he scored. And I hate to bring mm-hmm. it back to the Leafs while we're talking about an Alberta team, but bear with me for one second. Victor Hedman played less than a minute against uh, Matthews and Marner at 5-on-5. Five five. That will not... That win. won't happen again. That's, no. that's a credit to Sheldon Keefe, too. That's, yeah, that's line matching for the home team where you're not throwing that out when you see the big headman out there. And nice, a baby. lot, a lot of penalties. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of penalties. Not a lot of five on five time for them to right. get out. I'm sure there. Marner had been faced off. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're Jay Woodcroft, I mean, you have a pretty, um, you know what your mission is. So, so oh, go no, ahead. no, no. You I go, was going to say, my story from the Edmonton uh, Kings game is yelling about the dance. If you. <laughs> Can we, can we get what, five, what is the line? Get, can we get five can, I, I don't think, on I've, Mike Smith? I don't think I've ever heard it. I don't think I've ever heard <laughs> well, it. Before. I gotta save my voice for tonight. No, go no. If you're a goaltender, tend the goal. Holy Mike Smith, he had a fantastic game. And if you're a goaltender, <clears throat> tend the goal. Else you might cost your team a victory in game number one. And it's ridiculous. Oh look, my god. Look at that. This is, <laughs> this is you the can put screen. that on the screen. I just put this on the damn screen. Yeah, put that <laughs> Holy crap, Mike Smith. He's behind the net. For everybody listening, he's behind the net. There's a Kings player in front of the net. There's a there's a I think that's nurse. 
Keith. And Keith. he is a it's Duncan Keith. Air Canada Geico Esso Supreme and Sportsnet logo away. So about seven feet away <laughs> from no. this. And Mike Smith makes the wrong play and it leads directly to a Kings goal. Dude. And, and what? Okay. So my question is, like, when, when mistakes happen, you can see oftentimes what they were trying to do and what happened. What was he trying to do? He, what he was had the a attempt? man. He had a... It's, it's what we like to call... Ian Tullock, I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus. He is one of our better players in terms of skill in EASHL. But he has a propensity for low percentage plays. <laughs> Does Ian do that? Sometimes. Ian but is the when Jake he hits Gardner. Them, we're like, holy shit. Yeah. The Jake and Gardner on your team. Yeah. And, my, and yeah, but oh man, when he's. When he does it. When he does it. Holy shit. It's just he has the man there. Keith is coming around the board. Yeah. That's, that's your pass 99 times out of 99. And that's and he, why I'm going to hit him with what they don't expect. And then Mike Smith decides to go straight up the middle of the ice with the puck yeah. and straight onto a Kings uh, player stick. As a defenseman, the thing that you were taught is do not throw the puck up the middle of the ice yeah. in the defensive zone under any circumstances. Well, the, goalie, the goalie should not also do that. <laughs> no, but he's this, this is this is the thing about goalies who have a reputation for being great at handling the puck. It's like you almost need to put the idea in their head that they suck. Mm -hmm. Because one thing he did really well down the stretch, there was a game like Mike Smith really started to feel himself down the stretch. There was a game where he took like two shots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, well, he's trying to score the goalie goal. Yeah. To score. And like, I'm not trying to discourage that, but that, sir, and if I can borrow a line from the kids, my brother in Christ, there is less <laughs> than five and a half minutes yeah. left in a tied playoff game. And you're firing it up the gut to a man in the neutral zone. Listen, if you hit it, you're, you're a hero. You're a hero. And we talk about you uh, the whole rest of the day. But you know the coaches on the bench like, that is a low percentage play. Yeah, and I think if he had just left it there. I'm look trying at, nurses got that. This Kings player coming around behind Duncan Keith spooks oh, him. Duncan Keith, sorry. Because he, he looks and then he turns up ice. But but Keith isn't stupid. Even if he hits Keith with this pass, Keith rings it around the board. So yeah. who's 75? There's, there's just options there that oh. are not straight up the middle. No, I don't think so. There were... <laughs> and if... In, in, he chose at least the third best option out of three. These teams are so <laughs> oh, evenly matched. It looks like in game one that they're they're really evenly matched. These are the little things that cost you games because it's not there's not going to be big moments that teams just dominate. We're, we're often not going to see what we got of Toronto and Tampa, where it's right. just one team dominant. It's going to be one little thing that leads to one goal, and that's the deciding factor. And then it ends four three, and you lose. Uh, I saw a stat. And I'm working on bringing it up right now. Um, the Edmonton Oilers have lost seven consecutive playoff games. <laughs> yes, because um, of Winnipeg. Because of Winnipeg, no. I think. Yeah, because I, of Winnipeg. I yeah. think that's a little unfair. Um, I'm trying to, f I can't find it. Mike Smith has not won a Stanley Cup playoff game since I believe 2019. Okay. It's been he's supposedly he's lost ten consecutive. I saw a stat. Um, now, the Oilers have not lost 10 consecutive. I, I think the one that they did win against Chicago. Koskinen? Koskinen, it must have been. Sir. <laughs> like, what do you... A uh, sir? Do, do, you just, do you just go... 
All right, Mike, that was freaking stupid. Don't do it again. You played great. He's you're, 40. You're, you're the starter for game. He's two. a man. He's 40. He's a yeah. Like that's, you gotta. That's the oldest or second oldest goalie in the league making a very young mistake. There's your here's your stat. So Mike Smith, the last time he won a playoff game was for Calgary in 2019. He played for Calgary. He had I forgot one about that. Win. Uh, I so also four lost. Man, they had a Mike Smith, Dave Riddick uh, lineup there in Calgary. Okay, here's another way to put it. He's won one playoff game since 2012. When yeah. they went all the way to the conference finals, <laughs> right? They did. He Dude, Phoenix. he's been able to ride that playoff run for literally a decade. Rode it to the Olympics, I think. That's 10 years. Man. And, like, listen, they could win this series in five, and he could be their best player ahead of McDavid and Dreisaitl. And the third amazing player of that trio that everyone unanimously loves and appreciates, Jesse Puglia-Yarvey. Why don't people? Why, I don't do people not like him again? I I thought he he had a rebound. That's every been great. year. Edmonton needs a media versus fans fight, and that's <laughs> they're still that guy's like that's like seven years of fighting about I, this guy. Uh, whatever, whatever. Who cares? Zach Iman's been underrated. He's had a fantastic season with McDavid. Yeah, well, well it's what just a shock. He's in another line. He's great, right? but because uh, he's hurt. But he's also a great player. Hurt. Now, no, no, he played most of the year. It's <laughs> yeah, but down the stretch he got hurt. Oh yes, yes. So, but he played like seventy games. Don't you yeah, think yeah. it's? Don't you guys think it's interesting that by a full <laughs> a full point, the Oilers are still favored to win tonight. The team tonight? that loses like, game like, one, you come back on home. They should be the favorite. Sports Interaction has got the Kings at two seven four, Edmonton Oilers at one four eight. That yeah. is surprising to me. No, I no, thought it'd be closer than that. No, because that was a tight tight one. Well, they're the they're the home team. They're the, they're the favorites heading into the game one. They lose game one. You come back. You're still a home team. You should be favorite. What are they for the series? What do you mean? Oh, for the series? Yeah. It's um, let me have a look. It's got to be in the Kings' favor. Um, yeah. It is not. It's in the Oilers' favor. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because, dude, like, I... I overrated the loss of Drew Doughty for two reasons. One, Alan Walsh client, Sean <laughs> Dersey. And no, I'm not blowing the, smoke. That young man. To correct you, the series... Uh, t- uh, Betting line is even. Oh, right it's now. even. My bad. Sorry, so I, I th- I'm looking at the wrong thing. They're 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 even on both sides. Because I tell you what, if Edmonton doesn't win tonight, and it, even if they do, the idea of Deneau and Kopitar in tandem clamping down on the Edmonton Oilers in L.A. Oh, I don't know how they overcome that. You're you're gonna need some. Listen, McDavid beat the entire L.A. Kings roster. Uh, I know it's Connor McDavid, and he can do it every game. <laughs> they shouldn't rely on that. He could only do it once. Like, that McDavid play was classic McDavid. He took the puck literally from his only own do zone. it once. He only did it once. Jesse, that's the third time he's done it this season, though. No, but he only did it oh. once that game. It, it was I, one I, goal. L.A. scored four. I see what you mean. One yeah. was not enough to win that game. You need, you need. He can't do it alone. It's not that, it's not that type of hockey game. Philip Deneau makes it so that. Um, you need whatever, depth. Whatever team is playing against Philip Deneau, you have to get Herculean uh, friggin' performances out of your bottom six. You need a, so, a, a Matt Bolesky 2016 run. Yeah. <laughs> where you have like 14 goals in the postseason and then never score again. You need Devontae smith Pelly, and Brett Connolly saying, hop on, Ovi. We'll show you how it's done. I, I think what, you know, having Phil Deneau, what it does force you to do is it forces you to have depth and expose the Leafs last year. I, I man, we did not put enough thought into because he had the really poor season offensively 
and Dino? Yeah. Yeah. And in the playoffs, really. Like in Montreal. All, yeah. Yeah. He was just a metapod, you know, skating around. Hard, hard. <laughs> and and we did not put enough consideration into holy shit, they have a one two punch of Kopitar and Dino. I did. Yeah, I did. I have them I, in my bracket. I have LA winning. We didn't do brackets because we didn't have time on Monday, yeah, but um, I have them beating, winning the series. I, no, I, mean, I mean, starting from the summer. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs either. No, no, no. I thought it was going to be another year. And You're right. Well, like, and like, you know, we didn't have them making the playoffs. Dude, you have Kopitar Deneau. Forget making the playoffs. You have a window. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's a window to win the cup. How many teams can go up against that? That's tough. Man. It's very tough. And Deneau had 28 goals this regular season. Which like, is, go look he, at Trevor Moore. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Moore. Go look at Trevor Moore. His line mate. Mike Stevens often does. Misses him. Has a picture of him. I, I always imagine, you know that Wolverine picture? Like that Wolverine meme where he's like holding the picture? And I, yes. I imagine Wolverine is Mike Smith and that is Trevor Moore's picture. It has Mike to Stevens. be. Gotta love Mike. Mike yeah, yeah, 31 assists on the air for Trevor Moore this year. So Someone someone had a tweet about mutually beneficial trades between the Leafs and Kings. Because you look at Jersey and you look at Moore and you're like, damn it. And then you're like, oh, Muzzin and our starting goalie. <laughs> it's a good deal. Yeah, Everybody good. won. Yeah. Pretty good. And you know what? The Leafs would not even have gotten as far as they did had it not been for Muzzin. Like, Dursey is coming into his own now. Uh, right. Like, it's just, not, it's just not the same. Like, people oh. ask, ask uh, Alan, Alan Walsh why it took him so long. What a bum. <laughs> what's, his, what's his bum no. problem? Um, I want to talk about this. New York, I, I, we sort of already mentioned the Wild and St. Louis Blues, so you kind of know the story there. Perron with the hat trick, really convincing win. I want to. Uh, there's a couple of questions I have oh. about last night's games, guys. Oh, I got an hour on fucking Pittsburgh, New York. Okay, Let's go. Was it a goal or was it not a goal? <laughs> That's not enough time. <laughs> was According it a, to them? Was, yeah, was the Dumoulin push a goal or not a goal? I think. Oh, man. Here's here's the tough thing, right? Because defenders are going to try to draw the goalie interference, as dumb as that is, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you could run over your goalie. And chase them out of a potential double overtime, uh, triple overtime game. Um, but then you're going to get players looking for the contact as well, right? So that that oh, so here's what that's such a tough one off so, the rush. So they announced it. So they did it last night. They talked about it on the in terms uh, of pressing. They talked about it on the uh, on the after show on Sportsnet, and I was sort of going to sleep listening to it, and I had to laugh because Kelly Rudy, of course, was pro goalie, no goal. <laughs> Fridge like, I think that's a goal. And then Bieksa was like, listen, it's not a goal and here's why. And Ke- Kevin Bieksa is a rare miss, but this for me was a big risk. Or was He's a big defender. Miss. Okay, let's he do said, this. He said, listen, if you're not strong enough to hold the guy back, then it's goaltender interference. Oh, I disagree. And of course, he, he's wrong. Guys, that is a goal. If if a player no. if a player pushes you in, if you look at the track, that the, who's the skater for New York? Is that Lafreniere? Uh, yeah. If, yeah, yeah, because he's the one that passed it. Yeah. So if, if you look at Lafreniere's track, he's going across the top of the crease. And Dumoulin pushes him. And if yeah. you get pushed, no matter how strong you are, if you get pushed from behind, you will be moved. So he necessitated Lafreniere pushed into the goalie, which pushes Casey DeSmith up. And I, I have to be honest with you. Like, is that the precedent you want to set? It was uh, Capocacco. Oh, it was Capocacco. Yeah, yeah, he was driving. He was driving. Yeah, that's the one who had the puck. He was driving hard. And he is going... Capo Caco is not trying to run over Casey DeSmith. I don't think so. 
Cavalcaglo's not, he's not like, literally, he's not like Eric Lindros 1992. So on. this is where I think everybody has it wrong in the, oh, he's Dumoulin's pushing Kako to the net. Look where Kako's going here. He's heading across the front he's of the net. He's going across across the front. Yeah, so, so but he's not going so into what, it. So what Bieksa was arguing was that Kako's coming straight down and that Dumoulin forces him. But he's side. clearly not. If so, you look, look at where he ends up. Look at where he ends up. And he goes, okay, keep going, keep going, keep going on that replay. Yeah, see? The only reason he takes that angle, because if you look at it too, from the ad, for an advantageous shot for a shooter, there's nothing about that play that says he's going to the right side. He was going to pull the puck across and try to get it around on his backhand, which means that he's not trying to bull over Casey DeSmith. He's trying to come across the top of the crease. There's something we're missing here, though. There's another battle in front of the net between another Ranger and another yeah. Penguin. I can't tell who they and are. The, the, That's probably Lafreniere. And the Ranger, oh, maybe. Pushes, maybe I don't know. Like I don't, I don't. I would I don't say the Ranger pushes Dumoulin, pushes Kako. Oh, oh. and oh, if you're if you're, char- if you're charging the net, you make contact with goalie. I think it's black and white. Like is there I don't, an overhead? Uh no. So, I don't think but so. but then then we're not going to drive the net. No, you drive the net all the time. You take your chances. But if you get pushed, oh, where's on. the push? The push is there. Well, you can see it. No, no, no. Literally, show me. Here, keep going, keep going, keep going. Push. Yep. Right there. Push. Push. And he's pushed just enough. And it's Dumoulin, though. It's Dumoulin, though, who carries DeSmith out of the net. And, like, Kako, like, what does Kako do to drag Dumoulin through the blue? He doesn't. He's already passed. No, but the the situation is Kako, he doesn't have any other options because that's where the, the point of the ice where he skated to. He skated to right in front of the goalie. But Dumoulin pushes him out. Watch, watch after he this. He skated right in, right in front of the goalie is where he gets his position to. No, but okay? keep going, keep going, so keep going. So he's trying to, when he skates to here, his goal is to try and score And this is the top of the crease, by the way, for the audio side. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're not doing a great job for the audio side. Um, so here, he has no options but to come across here and try and score. He, him not having the options is his own fault. Like, that's, that's the situation he put him into. And where he went, he hit the goal. But he was pushed. So, he was not going to hit you know the goalie. What? Had Dumoulin angled him out, this is not a problem. So what but he is, pushes him from behind. What is Dumoulin supposed to do? Allow he's supposed him? to get. He's supposed to not be out of position, which he is. He's no, out of position. Kako beat him. I think. Like I've cha- I think I've changed my mind. Bingo. <laughs> I, th- I think. I think that's. I think this is goalie interference. Yeah. And and I'll tell you why. Judas. Because, because Judas. Of, because over of, here. Because of something I said before rewatching it. Okay, does Dumoulin push or does Kako, I don't, I don't think Kako does this on purpose, but Kako swooping across yeah. initiates contact. Look, he's putting himself. He's, That's Kako Because Dumoulin got blocked. Guys. Look how Kako pushes off right here. Boom. He push it, he's pushing back. Because he knows Dumoulin's and there. Dumoulin's right. So Because he's trying to cut across. So because he pushes himself into the guy and then the guy pushes him into the goal. That's all on Kako. Kako's controlling the entire situation oh, here. Boo. He's going to the front of the net. There's a guy behind him. He squeezes in. He touches the goalie. Once you touch the goalie, it's a goalie listen, interference. Listen, Rangers fans, Rangers fans, I know that we haven't gotten along this year. And I know Austin Matthews is going to win the heart. Okay? <laughs> But I want you to know that these two are wrong. The NHL is wrong. That's not goaltender interference. So you deserve to win the game. So because a guy gets walked, he should be allowed uh, allowed to hit, sh- hit the goalie. That's, he doesn't get walked. He though. got walked because if he hadn't got walked, Steve, then he wouldn't be behind and he wouldn't have to push against Kako's numbers to try to break a play up. 
I, he I didn't even go. So you know what? Dumoulin, Dumoulin doesn't, doesn't even try with his stick. He no, doesn't no, even like, bother. Dumoulin doesn't initiate the contact. Kako does. Look, because look. he's trying to cut to the net to get a better angle on the goalie. Yeah, so, so he, but Dumoulin's allowed to be there. But Dumoulin but is bent at him. And he looks like, I'm looking at his body right now. He looks like a capital R. He looks like he's, he's chewing not, he's, on, on Kako's pants, actually, like, in that he's angle. He's not in a position to do an adequate push. Yeah, he doesn't push him. Kako pushes off, Gentlemen, if anything. Rangers fans, I just want you to know Look, I'm with you. He's, he's getting his head smashed into the back of his number. Because he's late. He's not pushing him. Because he's late and he's off balance. Kako's pushing him with his numbers. He's late and he's off balance. Look at, what this, I say. Look at this head move. Look at Watch, watch Dumoulin's head. Hmm. Boom. Do you see him yeah, bounce was, off if, of if Kako? If that was a body check, Kako would be getting a, or Listen, Kako would be getting a Rangers call. fans, you deserve that one. And Karma oh, will get God. you back. Karma will get you back. Karma will get you back. So... With that, with this goal, um, the Rangers did not deserve to win this game. Oh man, Guys. they because uh, the, the whole game they're being outshot like they were crazy it was in crazy. terms of shot attempts. No. It was like twenty plus like, for. The and Penguins. I think at that point they. they Pittsburgh had outshot them like 44 to 31. Mm-hmm. But that's New York's game, guys. New- Igor Shosturkin, if New York's going to do anything, it all relies on him. And, and I think Kelly Rudy nailed it. He's like, where's Panarin, man? Where was he in the overtime? Where was he in the game? He had a couple of shots, a couple of uh, high danger chances, but like watched, he needs to dominate. I watched a period and a half of that overtime. I noticed him once. Got to be there. Once. Got to be there. So I agree with him on that. Um, <laughs> that was that was one of those games. I love the first round because you're you're paying attention to one game. And <laughs> when I found out that was in double OT, I was like, that game's still on. <laughs> it was like 1030. Yeah, I watched <laughs> that game for, I think, like four hours combined. It was ridiculous. It started at 8 p.m. and it ended uh, 10 to midnight. It was, it was stupid. I could not believe the pace of the second overtime, mm-hmm. the third overtime. Oh, brutal. Awful. A lot of it was brutal hockey. but Because Sid- they, they basically they emptied the tank in the second round. Sidney Crosby second was amazing. Um, he made a couple plays where he was just... There was one play at the blue line where he just batted the puck out of mid. Rangers were just kicking it up to the to the neutral zone. And Sidney Crosby decides, hey, I'm just going to take this puck out of midair. And it leads straight to a scoring chance for Brian Rust. And he should have finished it. And the game should have ended two hours earlier. And do it. Malkin's tip in overtime, in the third overtime, doing a tip like that with yeah. the hand-eye and your arms are tired. and you're, You forget, right? Like your arms and your body are tired. You're yeah. exhausted. Mm-hmm. And this is the first game of the what playoffs. A way to start. You, your first game of the playoffs is literally two games. That's what they did. I don't think and Malkin is able to pop that still. That was a great goal. It's funny, lost in all this, you know, I'm so I'm getting pulled in all these directions. I thought the Rangers would have the edge in this series. And now I'm like, oh, maybe Pittsburgh has the edge. And I'm like, oh, Pittsburgh's on their third goalie. That ends like Bless Louis Domingue. He did a great job last night. That's a problem. So I'm trying to see if they have an update on the Casey DeSmith injury. He just he wasn't an injury. He had cramps. It right? looked to me like it was cramping. That's what they know? said this morning he'd on the been, highlight reels. He's too. just been playing for too long because the game lasted. Yo, oh, son, yo, you gotta drink some water, man. Did you <laughs> so, see that some damn water. frigging story? And I will try to find it about JS Jaguar. What was the story? No. So during one of his playoff runs, I don't know if it was in 2007 when the Ducks won. Or if it was... 04 um, when they lost to Detroit? 03. 03. Um, no, they beat Detroit. Uh, they lost in the final to the Devils. Okay, from In Goal... Jesus. From In Goal Magazine, uh, at In Goal Media on Twitter. With all the talk of goalies cramping up in this Penguins-Rangers game, can't help but think of J.S. Jaguar telling us he would leave the IV line in his arm 
after the first overtime in the playoffs to expedite hydration. That's probably not the best considering staph infections and things like that. No. Imagine playing goal with a needle in your arm. I'm sure they taped it or something. They had to. Oh, yeah. That'll stop it. Um, Lost in in everything. So uh, Louis Domingue comes in after Casey Smith. I hope Casey Smith is okay and it's just cramping. But uh, lost in everything. Ryan Lindgren's hit on Ricard Raquel. Oh, and Ricard Raquel didn't come back. Yeah, he's he's. I don't yeah. know. They they don't have um. They have an update on his injuries either. But that's a that's a clear hit to the head. Oh, it is. It is. Right? And, and, I, and, and and the thing yeah. is, is like with like with Andre Kasha, you like with Ricard Raquel, you weep for the career that could have been because of the injuries. Uh, oof. He's he's uh, like uh, this is this is what I do with hits like this as we watch the slow mo. That's Ooh. so bad. Stop, stop thinking about the hockey that you watched growing up. I don't care how old you are. Stop thinking. Ken Reed hates this. About <laughs> He's texting me right now. He's like, I know what Dangle's watched. saying and I hate you. I don't care what it was. What is it? Uh, that is a player going up into a hit, which you're allowed to do. It's, it's this angle that's brutal. But it hits him. He beans him. He beans him right in the friggin' head. Like, okay, what's Lindgren supposed to do? What's Raquel supposed to do? He's not doing anything wrong. Maybe finish your checkout with a little less aggression. Also, uh, puck, the, the puck's gone. Yo, the puck's you know gone. What? You hit him in the chest, you still put him on his ass. You want, you want to piss people off in the comments? You ready for this? Ken Dryden suggests in his book about Steve Montador, how about you just don't finish your check? How about you make that illegal? Because it's actually interference. Mm-hmm. That play was interference? Finishing your, the, the concept of finishing well that got a roughing call but the concept of finishing your oh. check as it as it actually stands in hockey is actually because you do not have the puck and you're holding up a player from participating in play it's actually interference and he said why don't you just call that bob mccown was a, a big guy on that yeah. there there is oh old school guy yeah who's if, a big who's a big proponent if you call of it by the book every time you finish your check it's interference w- yeah well, no, but there is X amount of time you're allowed to do it, but that's supposed to be for checks that are unavoidable. He throws right. this long after the puck is gone, but that's because he knows he's allowed to hit him with X amount of time. So to me, that's not interference because... No, I think it's fair. Lingren's it's fair. following the rules. Now that I'm seeing where the puck was, yeah. yeah. But but if you're talking about rules you'd like to see revisited so that i understand that so you can limit head injuries again you're never going to take them out forever but i i definitely think you could limit them as it stands right now no if you're lingering you you hit him a thousand times out of a thousand it's just he goes straight up into his brain he could have hip checked him would have got a a, a wicked result just don't 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 jump into his head he jumps into his head like i know that like when you see the feet go off the ice i know how physics work and i know that doesn't necessarily mean he jumped to me, he jumps. For just sake of knows how concerns. physics works now. <laughs> I do. I'm a genius. For the sake of people's brains, I would hope players like Lingren don't finish those checks in that way where you're going for a guy. I think you're in right. Way, I think that's on. fair. He can finish like, that hit. He yeah, can finish it no just problem. In a just different way. Um, I want to ask you guys a, a, a real question, a serious question that's going to gonna jog a lot of people. Are the Florida Panthers a fraud? <laughs> They're no. No. Because people are asking that after the game last night, mm-hmm. Washington looked like a playoff team. Yeah. Florida looked like the least four years ago. Frauds lie to you. And, <laughs> and with the Florida Panthers, the evidence was all there. What's the evidence? Oh, wow. The evidence. No, no. Listen, I still have them beating Washington. Even after that game, I have them beating Washington. 
They won 13 three-on-three overtime games. Because they... I didn't know that. Dude. Like, they were unbeatable in overtime. The game goes to overtime against Florida. Leave the arena. And you can see why. Leave the arena. A lot of talent. Leave the... Yeah, forfeit. You can see why. Those are not wins that are available in the playoffs. They're just not. Mm-hmm. They're not. The game changes. Different season. You, you know, And you can look at it however you want. Well, it's still 13 games that Florida managed to have tied heading into overtime. Well, what about their opponent? Their opponent managed to have it tied. Those are every... If, if you're trying to evaluate a team's regular season performance and how they're going to perform in the playoffs, the amount of overtime games each team has, that is what we like to call... The mystery box. And the Panthers had more mystery box games than any other team. So when you're looking at uh, who, to, who to pick in the playoffs, and you're looking for the sure thing. Regulation wins. You got to go with the team that has uh, won the fewest overtime games. Wow. To me. This is part of the reason why... Like the Leafs actually, who did win some overtime games, they had they had way more uh, wins outside and of overtime than the Panthers. I'm pretty I sure. think 44 regular regulation wins uh, the Leafs had, and that was second most in the league. I think to Colorado had 47. I believe <laughs> I'm, if I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what what happened. Oh, I can't wait to get to Colorado. So on the Jesse Blake Sports Report, I had Julian McKenzie on last week. Never heard of and- him. <laughs> He picked Matthews not to score in the series. Never heard of him. <laughs> and we did, did uh, we did an exercise. I know. Yeah, I He's know. a crazy man. Julian's He's ridiculous. a crazy man. Okay. We did an exercise where we formed a list of the top five teams most likely to win the Stanley Cup. And initially, I didn't have Florida in there. And Julian eventually convinced me to throw them in there over Tampa. But that's besides the point. I didn't have them in there because my biggest indicator for uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing is the President's Trophy. Just by default, I every year, if the team wins the President's Trophy, if they're the, the front-running team in the regular season, they're probably not going to win the Stanley Cup. Since 2002... Well, that's, that's sheep in wolf's clothing. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> since, since 2002, we got two of them. We got the Blackhawks in 12-13. Uh, since when, 2002? Since 2002, only two President's Trophy, trophy winners have won the Stanley Cup. Having great regular, having the best regular season success in the NHL does not constitute a good playoff team. The cup is so hard to win. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. So that, it was, it was so the Blackhawks who ran away with the entire league in a shortened season. Yes, they were. Yes, from, they were great. From literally game one to raising the cup, they were the best team. And then the uh, 07, 08 Detroit Red Wings, who are one of the best post lockout teams. Oh. Maybe the yeah. So yeah. just just going on based off of that, you know, just regular season success isn't playoff success, and Florida Panthers might be a fraud. Well, but we'll see. Now one. you now I, I love that you said that this, the Florida Panthers didn't lie to you. The evidence was there. So <laughs> so okay, Florida Panthers still heavily favored. I think they should be. Yeah. Okay. I still think they'll win. I but uh, people were disrespecting the Caps. People were not, dude. We slandered the Caps all season. They had a good last month and a half. They had a really good last yeah, month and a half. You know what? Two sneaky teams, Oilers caps in the last couple months. Yeah, like just completely disrespected. And one with a track record of winning. So what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. Well, it's, it's, it, honestly, I feel bad for Ovechkin because it's like, 
it's it's plagued him for years. Like, remember that oh, the lockout shortened year he didn't score in the first 10 games? He's like, oh, I, best, I guess I better hang him up. And then he, like, won the league scoring title. 32 goals, <laughs> I think he had in 48 games does not get talked about enough in terms of... you. It's one of those things you had to be there. It was goofy in real time. It was. Because if you take out those first 10 whatever games it was, he had he scored basically a goal a game for the last three quarters of the season. 